0: Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast, which is part of Fantasy Basketball International, which means that it is brought to you by Fantrax. This is episode forty-four, and today we are going to be going through ten players that deserve love in dynasty circles based on the way that they've been playing. Uh, So let's go ahead and get into it. so i said we have 10 players to talk about before we get into that i just wanted to give an update on my dynasty rankings which are done um i would assume that they are going to be live somewhere in a consumable form within the next few days one way or another um but yeah i know i've been promising that for like over a month so it's finally done and i referenced those rankings in this i believe i also referenced them Uh, in the live show that I did with Rhett Bauer last week, which you have if you haven't checked that out, do that. I think we're going to try and continue to do that at least once a month, maybe get some other Dynasty analysts on there. Uh, That way we can get some fresh perspectives and just have a space for Dynasty community to connect and chat. So uh, be on the lookout for that uh, in February once again. Um, But yeah, so the Dynasty rankings will actually be live soon in a way that you can see them. But uh, before we do that, and as, uh, actually before we get into the players, one other thing about rankings is I think that you could arguably change them every single night. Like based on the way somebody plays, like you can either drop them or, or raise them. Yeah. Uh, so I already want to make changes is kind of my point. And I, I will reference that with all 10 players that we talk about, whether I want to bump them up higher or if I feel like it's fair. All these guys have been playing well, so it's nobody that I'm interested in dropping down my rankings, Uh, but it's players that I've either already thought about bumping up or already kind of want to bump up. They just haven't done it. Uh, Or if they continue to play the way that they have been, then maybe they should be bumped up or just valued higher. But we'll go ahead and get into the players, uh, but be on the lookout for Dynasty rankings that will be available to you soon. Uh, So we're just going to call this the January Dynasty check-in, and the first player that I want to talk about is Vince Williams Jr., who has really played well in Memphis, Uh, just got a nice little payday a couple weeks ago. Uh, Over the last two weeks, he ranked 62nd in 9-cat. On January 13th against the Knicks, he had 17 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, and a block, and then two days later against the Warriors, he had 24 points, and this is being recorded on Tuesday. So this actually happened yesterday on MLK Day. Uh 24.7 rebounds, four assists, two steals and a block, along with three three pointers. My ranking when I made my ranks for him was 167. And he had already been starting to play well. And now it's you know kind of a case of do I want to bump him up higher? Is he just producing to this level statistically because of the situation that he has in Memphis, which the short answer is yes. Like he is not a twenty-four-seven, four-two-one kind of guy. Over the course of the season, he is a young, excellent role player that is going to be in this league for a long time and producing defensively. Now, with Memphis playing without John Morant the rest of the season, and then without Desmond Bain for the next six weeks, and without Marcus Smart for multiple weeks as well, uh, Jacob Gilliard is just, you know. He's not going to play 48 minutes and be the primary ball handler of the entire game. They have to find other sources of playmaking.
1: Uh, so to
0: do that a little bit as well as just be another scoring option. So I really liked the way he's been able to produce. Um, I know I've made this comparison, I think, on a couple of shows now, but he's a lefty number five that's an elite defender, uh, just very, you know, reminiscent of Jones in New
1: Orleans. So hopefully he can uh continued to produce and kind of make nature stuff And I think Greg Jones
0: has slowed down a little bit at the beginning this season was like blocks left and right. and so he was producing, uh, I want to say like third round value at one point within a few weeks into the season. It's dropped a little bit, but still a guy that is very solid in fantasy basketball, uh, especially with in a few separate or a few individual categories. Uh, And just for reference, I've heard Jones at 96th
1: in my Dynasty rankings. And as I'm talking about this, because Jones was a second-round pick, an older rookie. He's 25 now, um, was drafted in 2021, whereas Vince Williams
0: is 23, was drafted in 2022 in the second round. So this is uh, his second season. The league didn't play much year one, but kind of having a breakout season. So he's – Hasn't been 62nd over the course of the year. He's 188th
1: per Basketball Monster. All these rankings will be from Basketball Monster. Um, but he's been playing phenomenal basketball. And he's going to continue for the rest of the season to do that, especially with all the injuries they have. Um, it just opens up minutes. It opens up opportunities. So definitely, I know this is a dynasty check-in, but rest of the season, Vince Williams is the most roster guy in standard 12-team leagues, in my opinion but he also uh, is a guy that has a lot of upside in dynasty formats uh, for specific builds. Like, I don't think, like, for example, the past two weeks, he's been averaging 13.3 points, 6.3 boards, 3.7 assists. Those may not be numbers that he can continue with, but I think that, like, 11 points, he's averaging 2.23s. During that, maybe a three and a half, maybe two would be his peak, but a lot of the value is going to come from his defense. Um, so the rest of the season will continue to play a big role. And then after that, it wouldn't shock me if you know barring them making other moves, if he was able to be a starter for that moving forward,
0: or at least a guy that's playing uh, a significant role off the bench. Like when they're ready to compete next season, adding in a lottery pick, that changes things. Other trades they can make that changes things. But right now, if you look at the roster, like does it make sense to have Marcus Smart as a
1: sixth man? Playing, you know, probably more minutes than those Williams, But having as is starting small forward alongside John Moran, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, and Stephen Adams should back next year. It's just interesting things that, despite Memphis not like winning anything this season, like they're just not going to. But that's understandable. Um, they're in a good spot moving forward, where they, I feel like, are able to recoup a lot of talent that. They seem to have a few years ago and it's slowly kind of gotten away from. Um, adding in a high lottery pick will help that as well. But, uh, another guy to talk about in Memphis is Gigi Jackson, who I'm sure that a lot of people, especially in Dynasty circles, already knew about, but also have kept up with
0: him uh, playing a large role over the last two games. Uh, in same game as I referenced for Vince Williams, January 13th against the Knicks, he had 20 points, six boards, an assist, a block, two threes, followed that up with 23 points, six boards, and assist, two
1: steals, two blocks, and five threes. Um, and if anybody hasn't seen the post game interview from that, where Shaq uh, got on the headset and was to kill a just seeing Gigi Jackson's face, just like his jaw drop, is just good it, it was really cool. Um, so... Check that out if you haven't seen it. But I had him ranked 313, and that is low. That is wrong.
0: That already needs to be bumped up. Um, he was the number one high school player. Like I, I, he was supposed to be in next year's draft class, but he reclassed and went to South Carolina and had a very iffy
1: season where there was like off the court issues. Where I know there's specifically one incident where he uh, was on Instagram Live. After a game, and I don't remember specifically what he was saying. If he was bashing coaches or what, but
0: I've never seen I remember seeing that. But um, I think that you know, obviously, I don't have inside sources or anything like that. But there's a lot of things that factor into a guy that is has even turned 18 at the time. Um,
1: let me double check. Maybe he was. A, he he's
0: still incredibly young
1: uh, playing. In an SEC school in his hometown, and after being ranked as high as he was, like he probably had been and, like, was just,
0: you know, you could see in his play, even in Summer League as well, where it was like comical how f- few assists he was able to get. Um, which again, like he's played, and he's played in a handful of NBA games now, but only played over 10 minutes in three of them. and has two assists across those three games, and then another assist in a game where he played nine minutes. So he's three assists uh, through one, two, three, four, eight appearances
1: in NBA games. Assists aren't his strong suit. He's a scorer. Um, He was ranked high
0: in high school classes because of his scoring ability. He's also done a little bit defensively uh, in their last game, so that was cool to see. Um, I don't know an exact number for I'd bump him up too, but there's no reason for him to be outside the top 300. He's another guy that, like Vince Williams is going to benefit from Memphis dealing with a ton of injuries and it's going to play a lot for the remainder of the season um, as a shot creator because they just don't have many of those with John Moran,
1: Desmond Bain, and Marcus Smart all sideline. Like they don't have a lot of shot creation or playmaking. So Gigi Jackson's a guy that can create his own shot. Cool. Let's roll him out there, see what happens, and see how much he can score. So he should continue to have a green light moving forward should be fun to see if you're looking to see Vince Williams and Gigi Jackson the next time they play, they play in Minnesota on Thursday. Um, that's a very, very good defensive team. So if Gigi Jackson has a bad game after having two 20-point games, probably going to end up on a scouting report a little bit more so than he was previously. Uh, and it happens to be in Minnesota against the best defensive team in the league. Like, Don't be shocked if Gigi Jackson has a bad game. It's understandable. Um, he's a 19, really just turned 19. So I mean, come on. <laughs> it might happen. I would almost guarantee that it happens. So if if it doesn't, and he has a really good game, then that's all the more impressive. So, uh, keep an eye out on him. Um,
0: I don't know how much longer he's going to fly under the radar. Cause it was kind of surprising that he fell in the second round. Um, and then the fact that he didn't see minutes early on was playing in the G league didn't, in my opinion, didn't look great in summer league, um seeing him get minutes now is really good
1: for his stock, especially because he
0: was playing well.
1: So again, when I made these rankings, he was still like not playing at all. Uh this these rankings were before for the last three days when he did well. So automatically gonna bump it up. Still like the talent, wasn't sure if it was a scenario of hey, this really talented player didn't do as well in college and then got drafted late and then this wasn't a few or something like that, um, it's hard to pinpoint when things like that are going to happen unless you are, you are connected or just are able to have that, I guess, in detail where you're just going to Um And I wasn't sure there. So excited to see it. And now I'm all in on
0: D.D. Jackson. Uh, not sure exactly where I'd bump him to because, like Vince Williams, he is just Kind of bet- benefiting from the opportunity. If Memphis was in the playoff picture right now, I think that's the other thing is that if Memphis
1: was healthy, Jackson wouldn't be seeing the G, it could be seasons. Um, this is a great opportunity for him, and perhaps he could be a rotation guy board Uh For a young guy like that, that's huge. So definitely rest of the season, and then after that, we'll kind of see because if he continues to shine like this, then maybe he's rotation got me forward for to future seasons
0: to the point where then it takes a that he was, you know, maybe everything that he was expected to be coming out of high school. We'll see. He's got a wide range of outcomes, which I think kind of played into my lower dynasty ranking is the fact that, yeah, he could be the top,
1: you know, where he was ranked in high school. He could also just never get out at all. So, um, all that to be said, my ranking is very low and needs to be adjusted Jalen Johnson, another guy that
0: you know, I don't think I've gone on a podcast about talking about Jalen Johnson. in months Um, he is 32nd and nine cat this season, 20th over the last two months. I had him ranked at 36, which when I was first doing
1: it, I think I try not to be biased towards Hawks players and box fans. But, like, I was. Feel like I need to rank them lower, but the more I thought about it and looked at his production of uh, watching him play, like I'm
0: comfortable ranking him at 36, but I almost want to go even higher now. Like seeing what he's done the last handful of games, um, it I want to go higher. And it wouldn't shock me if DeJounte Murray, Clinkella, and Bogdan Bogdanovich and
1: DeAndre Hunter were all on different teams in less than a month after the trade deadline. And Jalen Johnson, you know, were kind of running the show for the rest of the season. And it was kind of their team moving forward with whoever else they acquired. But um, I want to go higher than 30 on Jalen Johnson. He's been fantastic. Had a break- He's in the midst of a breakout season. Um, man, not enough things you can say about just how freaking good he has been. Makes everyone... Including myself, questioned what the heck he was doing sitting in the G League as a rookie, Um, and then just kind of coming off the bench a little bit last year, and only playing 14.9 minutes per game. I remember there being a quote about Quinn Snyder as soon as he came in, like about how important Jalen Johnson was going to be for them
0: uh, last season and moving forward. And he's done that. Like Quinn Snyder has given put him in a position to succeed, and he's done it. But it just you know is
1: this. A success story from the G League of hey, we let this guy just go play in the G League for a year, get some confidence, figure out how to play at a professional level after, you know, playing at Duke a little bit but then leaving early, which is the reason he dropped to the Atlanta at pick 20, was because there were character concerns after he kinda of left Duke early in the season. Um but uh the Hawks on so cool is it. Uh
0: but all that to be said, I'm fine. I might bump him up higher than this in my next ranking. Like, he's only 22, just turned 22, and he's 32nd in the season. Like, why shouldn't he be higher than 36? But
1: we'll, uh, we'll have to do that in the next update. Last game was against the Spurs on an okay. He had 16 points, 10 boards, 7 assists, and a career high six steals. Um, he been a better outside shooter than I thought he would ever be
0: expected him to be a little bit of a playmaker i think getting seven assists is you know not best case scenario but more than i was expecting from him consistently granted he's averaging 3.1 which i think is kind of fair for a secondary or
1: honestly like third playmaking option behind train Dejounte. but excited to see how he continues to grow move forward.
0: nick smith jr who uh you know I think my dynasty ranking for him is 244 which I think is pretty fair I might bump him up a tad um but not like set on that he was 27th pick uh, he hasn't turned 20 yet i uh, has been able to see a few extra minutes off the bench uh January 8th which was a little over a week ago he had 15 points four boards three assists and a steal in 32 minutes uh, January 12th, he had 9.6 boards, five assists, and 24 minutes. He's, his minutes have kind of gone down with LaMelo back. Um, but he was able to, I think, a couple of these games, it was uh, LaMelo was still out, and either Terry Rozier exited early or was out. I don't remember specifically um, while keeping up with those games, but he was a, I believe he was one of the five star recruits that, uh, he because he was at Arkansas. I think he was a five star and then is was injured during in his lone college season. So his draft stock kind of slipped, but initially he was expected to be a lottery guy. He's still incredibly talented. It just seems like he's gonna be a very much a score first kind of guy, like a volume scorer with low efficiency, um, with his shooting percentage, which isn't great for fantasy basketball, especially in category leagues, but um I like what he's doing as a kind of a sixth man in Charlotte as a rookie. I mean, it's a bad team, but wouldn't be shocked if there's a scenario where down the stretch, Charlotte is basically eliminated from the playoffs or already eliminated from the playoffs. And Nick Smith has a stretch of games where he is scoring 20 plus points. Um, So maybe he is just kind of a silly season hero to kind of keep an eye on at this point. Um, But since he hasn't turned 20 yet and he's a rookie, like, I'm also keeping an eye on him in Dynasty because maybe, I mean, at 6'5", he could continue to grow. Maybe he does get better, show why he was a five-star, and maybe he's either a backup point guard for LaMelo or a starting shooting guard alongside LaMelo in a taller backcourt um, that features two ball handlers in the future. We'll kind of see. But he has been getting more minutes um, than I think he was getting in the beginning of the season. So over the past month or so, he's been playing a larger role is like firmly part of their rotation. So excited to uh, keep an eye on him and see what he can continue to do, mostly as a scorer, but seeing if he can add things uh, to other parts of his game as well. Cam Whitmore, who I'm sure everybody that plays Dynasty knows that he slipped. Um, He was expected to be kind of a top five guy. Like I remember reports suggesting that uh, Detroit would take him at five and then there was reports that, or that he would go top five uh, and that Detroit was kind of out on him and then was ended up going with a star Thompson, which mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that pick uh, if they use him. But then I was like, okay, cool. Like maybe Cam Whitmore slips. People were saying late to the top 10. I believe the Hawks had picked 15. I was hoping the Hawks would take him at 15 and he was there and they passed on him. Got went Kobe Bufkin, who I like. Um, and then Cam Whitmore made it down to Houston at pick 20. And there was reports that they were, talking about taking him at pick four so imagine trying to decide between two players at pick four and then picking again at 20 and the other guy's still there i mean it's insane um never really an official reason why i mean there was a lot of rumors i know i want to say there was something suggested about injury history or in- injury something I could just be like speculating or just repeating a rumor that someone made up. So I don't really know. There's never like really an official reason, but he's been playing really well as of late Uh, kind of started the season playing a good bit in the G league, but he scored at least 10 points in seven of their last eight games uh, a few days ago against Boston. It was a blowout loss. So I think that kind of helped him play a few more minutes, but he played 28 minutes. Uh, 22 points and eight boards, and then their last game, which wasn't a blowout, played 23 minutes, 14.6 boards, one assist and one steal. I have him at 115 in my dynasty rankings, which I'm pretty comfortable with. I think that this, I mean, granted, I made these rankings as he was starting to score a good bit more. Um, I think the players in front of him I'm have, I'm fine having in front of. Um, a couple other rookies and then uh, some older guys that are still producing at a high level because, you know, Kim Whitmore did kind of step up a little bit with Dylan Brooks out, but he stayed part of the rotation, which is encouraging. However, Tari Eason's also out. So when the team's fully healthy, he may not see 20 minutes per game. It may go back down, but he's playing really well. I like how he projects, I think just outside the top 100 guys fine because it may be a couple seasons before he's able to either start or be part of the rotation uh, with this level of consistency. But he's an incredibly talented scorer and f- a freak athlete. So definitely a guy that uh, is kind of moving up in my, my my dynasty rankings and how I guess I imagine him. Not much, um, but I think if you would have had me, if I made my rankings a month ago, he would have been lower than this. I think that's what I'm, because I know I just said, I, I'm comfortable with where he is. And then I said, well, he's moving up, but he has moved up because I would have had him lower. Um, you know, it's important to, to make your own judgments and your own evaluations and dynasty rankings. However, there's factors that can also be considered outside of, hey, I really like this guy's talent, because just because I like somebody's talent doesn't mean it's ever going to pan out. Um, so the, the fact that he was supposed to be a top five and then slipped to 20, that just throws a big question mark on him. Like, okay, like I really liked his talent. I think he's good in fantasy or will be good in fantasy, but, like, why? Why did 15 teams pass on him that weren't expected to? What was the reasoning? We still don't know, but right now it's kind of looking like everybody's just an idiot, and they should have just taken Cam Whitmore with their late pick. Like, for example, um, there have been some guys that have panned out uh lottery, like Jaime Jaquez, uh, and then I think there's one more. I know that... Uh, the Lakers took Jalen Hood Shafino in that range at 17 is Pajemski in Golden State at 19 Keontae George at 16 Jordan Hawkins at 14 Derek Lively at 12 like a lot of those guys have been phenomenal um Cody Buffkin has pretty much been in the G League or hurt so not really much of an evaluation there same thing with Grady Dick Jet Howard who I never actually followed up to look into that but there was like he didn't Get minutes in a G League game the other day, um, like totally like no injury reported. Now there may have been something after or a rest day or something, but yeah, okay. I say that and then I'm looking, and he uh, had 32 points in a G League game yesterday with six threes, and he's averaging 23 points and 3.6 threes over his last five games in the G League, so that may have just been a one off game. Uh, that i just happened to see the tweet about but shout out to wendell epps for tweeting that out to where i could find it quickly um so all that to be said i like cam whitmore um and i think the main team that probably wishes they would have drafted him is the lakers over Jalen huchavina but i think everybody else is you know probably fine at this point but we'll see i'm sure in a few years if cam whitmore continues to pan out a lot of teams are going to be saying well dang i we could have taken it there, and he'd expect to be a top five guy and slid past us. Slid past us, and we just let it happen. Another rookie um, who has spent more time in the G League as well, Jarris Walker. Um, I have him one thirteen in my dynasty rank, so right above Cam Whitmore. He has not played much in the NBA. However, last night um, it was a blowout loss to the Jazz. But he had eight points, four rebounds, four assists, four steals, two blocks, and two threes in 26 minutes. Not a high-volume score, especially as a rookie. Like, I'm sure he can average double figures once he has more time in the league. But um, the well-rounded game, the playmaking, the defense, I mean, expanding his range and hitting a couple threes, seeing that well-rounded production is you know, encouraging for dynasty managers that have him. Um, I know I got him in at least one rookie draft um, in a 30-team league, so I'm excited to see how he continues to grow. Hopefully, he can be in their rotation a little bit more moving forward. However, he did kind of benefit from it being a blowout loss and them dealing with a number of injuries, including Bruce Brown and Aaron Smith out last night, um, Benedict Matherin exited early, Tyrese Halliburton has obviously been out and will continue to be, so not planning on Jaris Walker playing a ton moving forward, but within a, a year or two, like he's going to be really, really good um, in fantasy, and he kind of sh- gave us a little, a uh, little taste of that on Monday. Bull, bull. I had him at two thirty-five in my dynasty rankings, which even now, as I'm saying it, I'm like, I can't be more out on bull, bull, but then. He had a couple games recently. Uh, he had, on New Year's Day, 11 points, 9 rebounds in 20 minutes. Um, Frank Vogel kind of said before that game that he was going to be part of the rotation. Kevin Durant wasn't playing. Um, he had, on January 3rd, 14 points, 5 boards, 2 assists, and two threes. Um, and then on the 11th, he had 6 points, 6 boards, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks in 17 minutes. Um, he's been injured and he hasn't played in three of the last four games. And I think he's going to be out again uh, tonight because they host the Kings. Um, but when you have that kind of talent and it just takes kind of the opportunity, like he hasn't been able to get that consistently, but when he was with Orlando and he was part of the starting lineup, like he was elite in fantasy and then all of a sudden fell out of the rotation. So, He's kind of got a like the talent that's going to be just elite in fantasy basketball, but he hasn't found like a great place for him to do that consistently. Um, so, still like him as talent. Encouraging that they're having him as part of the rotation. Hopefully, when he's healthy, they'll continue to do that because it doesn't take him long to get some defensive stats. Um, a fun talent. He's not Victor Wembanyama, despite. People saying that hey, we have Victor Wembanyama right here. Um Bulbul is not Victor Wembanyama at home. Like, or maybe he is Victor. We have Victor Wembanyama at home. That's what bull is. Can he get minutes? I don't know. If he does, he's a solid fantasy guy. Dwap Reith uh is a 27-year-old rookie. So I have I'm at 249 in my dynasty ranks because He's been playing really well. Um, I was actually, before I started this episode, looking up why he's a 27-year-old rookie and like where he has been. So he started his career, played his first two seasons uh, of college basketball, 2014-15 season and 2015-2016 at Lee College in Baytown, Texas. And then... Transferred to LSU for his final two seasons. Um, averaged 12.6 points and 5.3 rebounds um, in the 2017-2018 season um, for college. Went undrafted in 2018, so he went undrafted at the age of like 22 or 23. Same draft as Luca and Trey Young. Shea uh, Gildas Alexander went to play in Serbia. Excuse me, he actually played. Um, for Dallas in summer league, then went to Serbia uh, on a three-year contract, then played for the Nets that next summer league, played for a different Serbian team in the 2020-2021 season, Um, played in the National Basketball League in Australia. Excuse me. It's Men's Professional Basketball League in Australasia which is nine teams in Australia and one in New Zealand. Um, for the 2021-2022 season, uh, played for the Suns 2022 Summer League, then played in the Chinese Basketball Association, um, and then and that was in the 2022-2023 season, then played in Lebanon in 2023. Uh, finally, June 30th, 2023, joined Portland for Summer League uh, signed a one-year deal in October, got waived in October, and then signed a two-way contract, which is where he is now. Um, I believe he's still on a two-way contract. And then randomly kind of got put in the rotation with DeAndre Ayton Hurt and other injuries, and he's been awesome. Uh, top 200, so he's 197 over the last two months in nine cat leagues despite playing just 18 and a half minutes per game. Uh, Over his last six games, he's averaging 12.8 points, 7.5 rebounds and assists, 0.7 steals and a block, and 1.7 threes. The upside is obviously not there. Uh, It was like a 20-year-old rookie averaging these numbers. I'd be a lot more excited, but he's been very solid. And he could probably continue to be a rotation center that starts from time to time. Uh, or a good backup center for some teams. I mean, he's filling in as a starter right now, and though Portland stinks, uh, he's been able to put up some solid numbers. So if DeAndre Ayton stays out, he'll continue to start. No reason to think that he won't be the backup center when Ayton is back. However, I mean, he's, I think, halfway to 28, so not quite the upside there of most rookies, but still a fun player that has been producing at a high level. Um, and hopefully he'll get a chance to continue to do that. Portland hasn't been afraid to completely pull the plug the last couple seasons. Maybe he's able to um, put up even better numbers than this over the final few weeks of the season. Got a couple more guys. R.J. Barrett, who is uh, kind of the face of being a good points league guy and a bad 9-cat league guy um despite being like a starting nba player and a guy that was the number 3 overall pick in 2019 um since the trade to toronto he's averaging or excuse me he's produced uh, excuse me he ranks 62nd in nine cap value uh since being traded to the raptors um across his eight games averaging 19.9 points 7.1 rebounds 3.4 assists steals, 0.6 blocks, 1.9 threes, shooting 56% from the floor, 44.1% from three and 75.9% from the line. Never been a great free throw shooter. He's actually shooting a career best 81.7 over the course of the season. So it actually has gone down a little bit uh, since he joined the Raptors. But um, these numbers, so all the shooting splits would be career highs. His previous career high for field goal percentage was 44.1, um, which is you know part of the reason he's so bad in nine-cat leagues is that he can score, and that's really about it. Uh, 7.1 rebounds is by far career high. His previous was 5.8. 3.4 assists is a, would be a career high as well over the course of the season. His career high for points is 20, so 19.9 is right there, and his career high for threes is 2.0, so 1.9 is right there. I had him at 161 in my dynasty rankings. Uh, mostly just because I mean, let's be honest, he's not even 24 yet, and he's a 20 point per game scorer. Like, he's gonna be in the NBA for a decade. Like that's he's good enough for that. He just hasn't fit well with category leagues, but it's worth he's worth keeping an eye on because we'll see is are the shooting percentages in this added rebounds and assists, are they, are they a fluke? Is he just playing really well because he's excited to be out of New York and in his hometown? Um, is there any added motivation to prove, Hey, I was just kind of part of the deal that brought OG to New York because they think they can win. Now I got to prove that I was the number three overall pick for a reason. Um, he's been awesome, but it's just kind of saying, is this going to continue? I probably need to see it for a little bit longer before I'm ready to totally buy in on RJ. You could consider this a sell high period. If I'm not a believer that, Hey, he has a new team and all of a sudden bang, he's unlocked. Um, because it's not like his teammate that came with him, Emmanuel quickly, where he was a sixth man. And now he's a starter. Like he was a starter and now he's still a starter. So, Nothing's really like changing with his role. You could argue he's still like the third option offensively after being the third option behind Brunson and Julius Randle. Now he's behind Siakam and Scotty Barnes. So he's just been playing better. So it's something to keep an eye on. I'm just not ready to say, hey, RJ Barrett is a top 75 player in, in nine CAT scoring. I'm not ready to say it, but I will be keeping an eye on it because if it happens, that would be pretty cool. It'd be a pretty cool turnaround. Um, I don't remember who I was talking uh, with Rhett about what player about whether he was, uh, I think we were just talking about general, like guys that score a lot, but don't do much in other categories. Like whoever it was, like is he going to do enough in other categories to be a top 50 guy or is he going to be like an RJ Barrett where he scores a lot, doesn't have great efficiency and therefore is bad in nine cat leagues. Maybe RJ Barrett isn't an RJ Barrett anymore would be kind of cool to see that kind of turnaround. The last guy I have is Colin Sexton, uh, who has been awesome for the Jazz. They, they're they in the play-in tournament, two games over five hundred. Um, beginning of the season, I in my mind, I said, okay, there are 29 NBA teams that have a chance to make at least the play-in tournament. I see a path. Whether it – I mean, it w- some of them it would have taken, like, a number of players – you know, taking steps forward, like for example, Detroit, I was like, okay, Cade Cunningham, is he going to like actually take that leap this year? Is Jay to any better? Is Jim during any be better? Monty Williams, is he a good coach? Cause like he's just done well, like recently with the Suns. Is that enough to get them into the play-in? I could see it. Um, you know, Charlotte, they had LaMelo, they had miles bridges back. And they were in the play in tournament the last two years when miles bridges was there. Like, is that enough to get them to the play in tournament? I think so. It could be. Um, who else has been really bad? The Spurs. I thought, okay, maybe Wemby comes in and they give him 28, 30 minutes per game. And that's enough for him to just totally dominate. And he's the greatest rookie we've ever seen. And they make the plan. Like that wasn't out of the question. That was for 29 teams. I saw it pass and I said, I don't see a path for Utah to make the plan and they're doing it. So that's, I mean, I'm happy to be wrong. I like the Jazz. Like, I like their team. I think Will Hardy's a good coach, so it's kind of cool to see. But didn't expect this at all. Uh, Laurie Markinen has been on another planet with his production. Um, Walker Kessler has been frustrating because of the lack of minutes. But Colin Sexton is, I think, in my opinion, a big reason that they're as good as they are, especially as of late. 79 to 9Cat last two months. Thirty-first over the last two weeks, um, and over the last two weeks, he's averaging twenty-two. Points, yeah, excuse me, twenty-two point three points, two point one rebounds, five assists, one steal, uh, not really blocks, one point nine threes, and shooting fifty-seven point five percent from the floor, fifty percent from three, and ninety-five point three percent from the free throw line. For reference, um, over last season, he shot fifty point six percent from the floor. Um, that is almost seven percentage points lower than what he's done over the last two weeks. Um, 39.3% from three, that is almost a full 11% worse than what he did or what he's done the last two weeks and 81.9% from the free throw line, which is uh quick math, 13 and a half ish percent, 13.4% worse than what he's done over the last two weeks. Um, these shooting splits are out of this world. Um, He's been insane. His The best season of his career uh, was the last fully healthy one with Cleveland. He averaged 24.3 points. Uh, that was while taking 18.4 shots uh, and he playing 35.3 minutes. Last two weeks, he's taken 13.3 shots and played 23.7 minutes, which lines up with his minutes load for the entire season. He's actually played an – if you look at the last two months, 24.9 minutes per game, only 23.7 over the last two weeks. This isn't, oh, they're force feeding Colin Sexton 34 minutes per game, and that's why he's going off. No, like, he's kind of taking advantage of a small role and having just an insane season, especially, like, an insane stretch of the season, we'll call it. It doesn't seem like Will Hardy's interested in saying, hey, this guy is playing phenomenal. Let's, you know, give him 30 minutes per game. Like, I think the only time that he has played over 30 minutes per game in 2024 was in the overtime win over Detroit, which actually may have been a double overtime win. I don't – no, I think just single singular overtime win. Anyways, um, Colin Sexton has been awesome. Uh, at least 20 points in four straight games. He had 30 in their last game against uh, the Pacers, which was a season high for him. I had him ranked 158 and I think, I don't know. I I think I'm fine with that because yes, he's been playing great, but he's not going to continue to shoot 58% from the floor and 50% from three and 95% from the free throw line. If he does and Will Hardy doesn't give him more minutes, then I have to rescind my statement that Will Hardy is a good coach, but I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case. Um, they also have other guards that they're trying to work minutes in, like Keontae George, obviously Jordan Clarkson. Um, Chris Dunn has been playing well. I think that this is kind of a, just a really hot stretch for Colin Sexton. I don't think he's a guy that you automatically have to vault into top 75 or even top 100 just because he's having a really, really good stretch. But I could make an argument to have him higher than 158, but I don't think this is something that's – going to be kept up so you could look at this as a really nice sell high opportunity if you're pushing for a championship and you have him, then keep riding the, the hot hand i guess um that's about all you can really say about this because i don't i don't think that this is colin sexton's coming out party and he's been you know kind of like he had a really good season in cleveland then got hurt and then got traded and had a struggle through his first season with the jazz and now he's just Back. I think he's a very good player. He's arguably a starting caliber player, um, at least. Like, I think maybe the best scenario for him would be uh, playing probably about this many minutes as a sixth man. Obviously, Jordan Clarkson is kind of their sixth man, but maybe with a different team on a contending team. He's not necessarily a guy that, you know, oh, I want my uh, championship team to have Colin Sexton at point guard or Colin Sexton at shooting guard starting, but off the bench, I think he fits incredibly well. Um, as a guy that plays, I mean, arguably harder than anybody in the league um, and can score with the best of them. So uh, I don't think that uh, I need to vault him much higher up my dynasty ranks, maybe a little bit, but he's been having a heck of a stretch. So could this be a sell high? Maybe Um, regardless, just wanted to give him his flowers for his play as of late. Um, but that is going to do it. Those are the 10 guys I wanted to go through uh to kind of give shout-outs to in, in Dynasty. Um, if you have any of them, good job. had uh, enjoy the production or enjoy the rise. Uh, if you feel like you need to sell high on say Colin Sexton, RJ Barrett, those are probably the main guys that I would call sell highs from this group. But if you're able to get some of the other guys, then and they're a little under the radar in your league, then I'd say go for it because I like all of them uh, moving forward. Some more so than others, uh, but that's going to do it uh, for this episode. This was episode 44. Uh, you can give us a follow at FBI basketball on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. You can find me at no 22, uh, like subscribe, follow, hit a bell, rate, comment, whatever platform you're using this on, whatever, which whatever statements from that apply to you. We'd appreciate you doing it. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Take Me Later podcast. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.